It's your boy, SB Report 706. This is the Dirty Bird Nation Report, the unofficial official podcast about Twitter. Twitter. Uh, today is a, a great day for some, a sad day for others, uh, as our team has decided to remove a couple of people from their, their seats in the, uh, the Falcons organization. <sighs> Marco Emanuel has been released. He's been let go. His contract has not been renewed. Our special teams coach, Keith Armstrong, also has not been brought back to the Falcons. And the biggest, the one that will upset the most people is our office coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, no longer is with the Falcons. How do you how do you guys feel about this? I mean, are your hearts heavy? You know, say it's the holiday season. You know, they got to go home and look at their families with the sad boo boo face. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, for me, uh, only person I'm even somewhat bummed about is Marquand, is because I think he has a good player relationship with everybody, and I don't think he's a bad coach at all. Everybody else, I don't really care about. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I agree as well. Marquand, I thought the worst case scenario for him, he was gonna get demoted to DB coach. But um, I guess you know somebody in his business, somebody gotta take the fall. Somebody gotta be thrown under the bus. So hey, I don't even think he was thrown under the bus. The way DQ was talking, I think he just wanted him to. Because I remember early in the season, he was getting head coach talk. So I'm pretty sure. Diki just wanted him to go somewhere and call plays somewhere like full time. Yeah, probably get an opportunity. That's how how they made it seem, but uh, I don't know. DQ has done that like a couple times where he would just like let somebody go just so they can like find better opportunity because they're all friends, obviously. Like, yeah, they've known each other for a long time. Yeah, that makes sense because he, you know, he can only get so so much. He can only get better with uh, DQ, and he's been with uh, Dan Quinn for a long time. For you know, ever since he's been coaching, so. It makes sense for them to part ways he can get experience somewhere else. So. Facts. So I, I look at this, and a lot of people are, are pointing this out as this this could be a, a bit of a, a, a desperation point for Dan Quinn as moving three coordinators is a bit extreme. Uh, it is a, it's a very bold move, and it's also been confirmed that he is going to call the defense next year, which is I, I find interesting. Uh, and also, it, it doesn't matter, in my opinion, like how this works as long as you get the job done. But it's kind of weird to hire a coach that can't seem to manage a team, if that makes sense. Not that he doesn't do a great job, but he he does every year make a couple of boneheaded decisions regarding, uh, you know, timeouts, clock management, maybe even personnel, things of that nature. But, I mean, if he can just focus on the defense to make it great, uh, Seahawks level, Super Bowl level, then that's fine. But. Again, if it doesn't work out, this could be uh, his his swan song if he doesn't make these uh, these great hires here in the offseason that started a bit too early for a roster that's loaded with as much talent as we have. So yeah, I feel like it's kind of like the the Avengers movie, you know, the, the Avengers Endgame trailer where uh, Captain America's like, yo, if this don't work, I don't know what I'm going to do. If this don't work for Quinn, man, he might be out the door sooner than we thought, so. This, this will be interesting. There's been a lot of uh, talks about who the future OC could be. Uh, right now, it's being said they're interviewing uh, Darren Bevel, former offense coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, that Dan Quinn has a relationship. And a lot of the, the fans that don't keep up with a lot of football outside of Atlanta, uh, he is best known or worst known for his uh, decision, allegedly. You know, Pete Carroll took the fall, but he's the OC, so I'm going to blame him. For in the Super Bowl, inside the goal line, instead of handing the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, throwing a slant route that was intercepted 
the interception saw and heard all around the world. I remember I remember I yelled at the top of my lungs. I was like, wow, like this really happened. Intercepted the ball at the end of the game for the Patriots to win the Super Bowl when they really honestly should have had no chance to win that game in that situation. Like that's Pop Warner, Madden, just you know, run the ball and the game. But we had a similar situation in a game in February. So I'm not gonna talk about that. But it, it would seem kind of crazy to bring another person that's close to Dan Quinn and has been on the biggest stage and not, you know made the best decisions. So that's been him. Dirk Cotter's been mentioned. Uh, fan favorite right now is Gary Kubiak, who used to coach Texas, who runs a similar of the same offense that we run now. So what, what are y'all's thoughts? See you think the front runner is to be the new offense coordinator for our Atlanta Falcons. I don't know. We don't know. Nobody knows anything. The world may never know until we actually sign somebody. Well, I think and I, I feel like it should be Gary Kubiak. We don't know, but I think the best fit would be Gary Kubiak. He has a head coaching experience, and that can rub off a little bit on Dan Quinn with his situation on play calling. That would be the best fit for us. Um, and he knows that it's, he runs the same similar uh, style that Kyle Shanahan ran um, a couple of years ago. But um, worst case scenario, Bevel, I would say Bevel. Worst case scenario with him, you know, he'll probably be my last choice to choose as an offensive coordinator. Because you got to think about it. We got Gase out there. Gase, I think he wants to be a head coach again, but I don't really think a team will probably take a chance on him outside of Denver. Denver might get him get him a chance as a head coach. There's about, like, five teams that want him. <clears throat> um, who else is out there um, just floating around? I know I got a text from my cousin this morning saying Chip Kelly, and I said, oh, hell no. Like, that, hell no. So, like I said, we, we don't know who, who it would be, but if I was Arthur Blank, I would pretty much back the big Brinks truck um, on um, Gary Kubiak's uh, front porch and say, hey, how much you want? Well, right now on the Derber Nation Report Twitter page, Gary Kubiak is winning with 86%. Uh, Adam Gase has 4%, Dirk Cotter has 2%, and 8% for other. I mean, it'd be interesting for him to bring in a dark horse, maybe somebody with some fresh ideas, somebody that's uh, – I want Cliff, Cliff – I think it's Cliffinsburg or something like that from uh, Texas Tech. But oh, he's yeah, a USC now. Bro, he's getting head coach. He's getting, like, offensive coordinator things right now. Like, he's interviewing at this moment for offensive coordinator positions. I mean, whatever decision is made, it, it needs to be made quickly so we can get these guys in, start figuring out what their game plan is for next year. So, no, I was talking to Jalen. He feels that regardless yeah. of what happens and next year. And I also year, feel like whoever the whoever is going to – whoever the candidate is, I feel like Matt Ryan should have a say-so who, who's good to come in. You know, this man has been through so many offensive coordinators. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, enough is enough. I feel like he should have a say-so who he wants to come in and he can work with. You know, that just that's my opinion on that as well. Well, yeah, they should remember it is get them in early as possible so they can get the offense and whatever game plan and kind of scheme they want to get. Oh, look who is decided to join us. Uh, the, the legend, Mar Marcus Sniffles, decides to pull up to the studio. What's going on? I'm out. You know, just give it, give it a second. Give it a second. He goes, Brad. He's about to come on here, Brad. Go on to Brad. Uh, Mark. 
So, so Marcus has some takes about Matt Ryan potentially. You know what? I'm gonna let him go ahead and say say what. Oh, well, I got I got what now? What, what were you saying about Matt Ryan? Oh, I mean, I feel like it might be time to uh, look at some things with a uh, young Matt Ryan because I mean, how many offensive coordinators has this guy had in his career? Like six. And I mean, they had the what the uh, top ten offense in most statistical categories this year, and they're still firing the offensive coordinators. The offensive coordinator that you know, I I, I don't know. It, it, it's I'm, I'm asking, I guess, Falcons fans, because I mean, throughout this whole entire season, uh, whenever a play would go badly, or the players would drop a pass, or Matt Ryan would throw a bad pass, it's like, oh, we need to fire Sark. But when the offense is rolling, when the offense is humming. I guess, oh, that's all Matt Ryan. So, I mean, which one is it? You know what I'm saying? Like, how many quarterbacks go through this many offensive coordinators in this amount of time? I'm not saying it's on Matt Ryan. It's just a question. Do you, do you want to handle this? Would you, would you want to handle this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man, it's hot up in here. So, first and foremost, hot takes. It, first and foremost, Matt, Matt Ryan has nothing to do with if a coordinator is going to stay or go, right? Especially because so, every coordinator that he's had besides Sark has gotten a head coach head because job. of how good he's done. Yeah, like so that. like that's not on him. If somebody wants to get a pay raise and a, a, a elevation in their 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 position in the game to be a head coach, why would you not take it? They'd be dumb not to take it. And and prior after what the Redskins game, they were talking about like, oh, Sarkeesian might like, be head, head coaching yeah, get job. The right. Fuck out of here, dog. Like, <laughs> So that, that's actually a testament to Matt Ryan's greatness, if, if it, anything. It sucks for us as fans because we don't get the consistency like a Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady that had the same guys come and play plays for a decade. But Matt Ryan continues to, to be great, be quote-unquote elite at his position with a, a rotating door of guys seemingly every two years, and next year will be the same. I mean, Tom, so that, Tom Brady hasn't had the same offensive coordinator. It's okay. He's had two. It's, it's been about 10 years. Yeah, entire career. Yeah, he left That's and then he the, came back or something like that. He's had that? two his entire career. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying Matt Ryan's not a good feel. Like, I'm not saying Matt Ryan's not great. He's a really good quarterback. I'm just saying questions should be asked around this guy. Just a so couple. It's just yeah, more just questions about the it's just questions about the front office. Again, if you hire people that are going to leave, like that. What are you going to do? That's why they try to offer, hire Sark. <laughs> we see and it didn't work yet. Because I was not, like, yo, not I was like, he is not hireable as a head coach. Like, and not all, this not, past issues, you know. What I mean, and it's not like they're leaving like after a long tenure. Like a lot of these coaches, what's the longest he's had an offensive coordinator for? Like, what's his longest? Four years for Cutter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, four and he years, got a head, and he got a head coaching and job head right coaching. after that. Head coaching job. But he just got like, fired yesterday, but I mean, he got a head coach shot. <laughs> at the same time, Marcus, let's let's look at your coach back in the in the two thousands, okay? Peyton Manning, he had to get over the hump, all right. What took him to get over the hump? They had to get a defense, right? Y'all had to get a defense. Two thousand two thousand six, y'all had a good defense. Y'all was a well balanced team that year when y'all won the Super Bowl. Am I right or wrong? This is a decent. Am I right? Or, am I right or wrong? Yeah. Okay. Like but before that, but before that, because Tony Cuddy, he had yeah, two pretty good Like, what are you doing? Hurt people, hurt people. I'm saying, like, chill, bro. <laughs> like, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, Marcus, like, before, like, when Tony Dungeon came into Indianapolis, he had to build that defense up. So that's what Dan Quinn is pretty much trying to do. He's building our defense up. It's similar, it's like parallel lines with. Peyton Manning and Matt Ryan right now. 
you know, we we always had a good offense. We just ain't never had a good defense to carry the team to um to hold leads. I'm not sure what that has to do with Matt Ryan and his offensive coordinators getting fired. But I'm just saying, as far as winning games, you have to you have to have a good defense to win games, man. He can't well, do it all by himself. I, I understand that, but I mean, you look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs have one of the worst defenses out there. But they're good and where it really matters, though. So we're not good where it really matters. Well, and, and the thing is, is, the coordinators aren't getting fired. They are promoting up, with the exception yeah. of Sarkeesian. So, bum-ass Mike Malarkey got two head coaching jobs. Do not know how, after being offensive coordinator for the Falcons, he went to Jacksonville, stuck it up there, went to Tennessee and stuck it up there, too, and got fired. Dirk Cotter went to, went to Tampa Bay. Got fired. They got fired yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So... And, uh, you know, Mr. Shanahan, he's had a couple of injuries, uh, but, you know, Greg Kittles is like the GOAT tight end now. So, you know, I, I, it is what it is. So Their offense was still, like, really, like, pretty decent this year, considering the fact they lost, like, two tackles, a guard, a running back, a quarterback, yeah, they lost a man. wide receiver, actually two wide receivers. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, just to go back on the uh... – the Colts take, which kind of came out of nowhere. I wouldn't really say that Colts needed to build a defense because if you look at Peyton Manning's playoff career, a lot of those losses are on him. Because yeah, a lot of those, a lot of a lot of those losses, terrible. it's like the Colts offense is scoring like no touchdowns or one touchdown, and the defense is holding teams to under 15, 10 points. So the main difference that changed with the Colts. Obviously, they have Bob Sanders. He got healthy, but yeah, that was they, that was their defense. They took they took away some of the responsibilities of the play calling from Peyton Manning because he thinks he can outsmart everyone on his own. Like we've always had a pretty average defense. Like this narrative about oh Peyton never had a defense. That's not true. There's a lot of four interception games, a lot of two, three, six interception games from Peyton Manning where he's throwing pick sixes to Ty Law. So. Don't don't put it on you know the defense. The Colts defense has always been pretty average to solid. Like it's and, about and, raining. It's about raining in your quarterback who thinks he knows everything. And if we're being honest, Matt Ryan has never been as good as Peyton Manning was in his prime in the Colts. So there's also that. So I wouldn't compare Matt Ryan to Peyton Manning. I'm gonna pull up that this uh, Jets and Colts game, uh, the playoffs. I forgot what year that was. I Can we not? Can we get back to what we yeah, were talking so about? Yeah, so back to the Falcons. Back to, What's going back on here? Back to the Falcons. So I know uh, also B J spoke uh, a little bit about uh, the the ebbs and flows of the running back position and the ebbs and flows of what the fans' thoughts were on said running back position. So again, obviously Devontae Freeman went out early. <sighs> Tevin Coleman had a chance to play. Uh, we saw the the rise of Edo Smith. We brought back Brian Hill, who we drafted. He got signed off the practice squad, and then we brought him back later. Uh, just just to give y'all some context, according to NFL matchup uh, from ESPN, the end of season best run blocking O lines were number one Packers, number two Panthers, and number three the Falcons. So a lot of people were going to blame a, a lot of the offensive woes on the line. Dude, we had what two guards out, if I'm not mistaken, right? Two starting guards out and had to put some other guys. So that that kind of wasn't the issue. That's a narrative a lot of people like to push. But again, earlier in the season, people were all for you know Ted McComan Hive, cut Freeman, start Coleman, trade Freeman, you know, cut cut Freeman, whatever. At at the end of the day, Coleman got a chance to show what he could do. And he didn't really shine like a lot of people thought he would. 
And I know, I think the Thogaholic tweeted it. And after watching a couple of games, I was like, shoot, I, I wouldn't be mad with a uh, a Freeman Edo Smith combo because Tevin Coleman is wilding asking for thirty million dollars. That, that's 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 the first. So that that kind of is he really? He rushed for eight hundred yards and four touchdowns. I think somebody's gonna pay him. They're gonna pay him for what he can do in the passing game as opposed to being a running back. I agree. Yeah, thirty mil though. I don't. Say, I ain't say he was worth that. I'm just saying that's what they're gonna pay him for. <laughs> hey, we man, ain't finna hey. get thirty million. Some Ca- other team hey, cash out. Work. Hey, cash out, young Comey. Cash out. You got kids to feed, man. I can respect that. But that that was a uh, that was interesting. And even like I said, Brian Hill busted out a hundred yard rushing game. So maybe he'll be in the mix as a third guy. You know, he won't have the 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 breakaway speed that that he is known for. But if we get guys and get you, you know, four yards pop, you got people. Consistently move up the field. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. I'm. I'm cool with that. And it's cheap. You know, what I'm saying we we obviously can't afford to sign both those guys. So, uh, but with that being said, tied to the line, the one thing that I thought about that was interesting with Dan Quinn, you know, making these big moves, firing three coordinators, and now deciding to call the defense. I'm. I'm curious if that's going to affect the way that we draft, right? Because if he's not going to be in charge of the defense, I, I feel that he might, you know, want to want to get a guy to help make himself as successful as possible in the defense. You know what I'm saying? Like start off uh, drafting the defensive player first, even though we might need an offensive tackle, which I've seen a Falc fan mock that we would get a tackle at number 15. I forgot the name, but Jonah Williams. Yeah. Yeah, So it's, it's kind of a weird, a weird balance. Like we have to have in order to be successful, we have to get stops. Now, once we get our guys back healthy on defense, I think that won't be a huge problem. But the flip side of that coin is we need Matt Ryan to stay up, stay upright, stay off his back, not get get sacked continuously, not get rushed every play. But again, defense wins championships, so you want to add more pieces to that side of the ball. What 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 I would go with, just my hot take, is that I think this that uh, Dan Quinn should just continue to protect Matt Ryan because he has proven that he can find developed players, defensive players, in later rounds. Exactly. So I, I think that would be uh. the the good. You, well, okay, unless okay, if we had like a top five pick, then obviously you'd go for what one of the Nick Bosa's or whoever's at the top of the, the draft board. But at fifteen, is there is there a great is there a pass rusher that's going to have an impact or a defensive player that's going to have impact immediately? This a like a sure thing. I mean, nothing's a sure thing, but as close to a sure thing as you get. I just think that it's about time that they invest in defensive line again like they need it's been beside the year that they got like hot and had like 39 sacks we've been like averaging like 30 sacks a season for the last like seven so like i'm just tired of having like a abysmal pass rush because that'll help everything else facts so i mean so you're okay with well, I mean, I you can find you can find linemen depend- later rounds as well too, yes like this. So it's, it's like harder I said, to it's find a, it's a defensive 50. players like good defensive linemen in later rounds. It's easier to find like good linemen, well, guards in particular in the later rounds, not tackles. Tackles are like dime a dozen. Yeah, my thing is if Jonah Williams is is available at pick fourteen, we should draft him because that's that's what we really need. But if he's gone, I feel like well, whoever's the best. Uh, pass rusher or defensive tackle that's still available. That's who we need to get. Like this draft, this draft right here for us, we got to work. We got to get. We got to build the trenches. But on with uh, Jalen. Like we really need to invest in this uh, D line because last year 
we supposed to got a D tackle in the first round, but we didn't get him. We got uh, Calvin Ridley. And that right there pretty much came back to hunt us this year, you know, with um, the team just running all over us. We need to put a big body on it in the, uh, in the interior so that way we can uh, improve our uh, run our um, run stopping. I mean, having Keanu Neal would also help that as well. Run defense doesn't matter. Pass defense matters. Uh, both matters, to be honest with you. Both matters. Matter. So, so speaking speaking of that with the draft, somebody tweeted. I don't know how accurate this is that uh, they're saying that we get a fourth round pick for Poe and a fifth for uh, Taylor yes. Gabriel. Yes. So yeah. that that's four. That's for, we have like four fifth round picks this year. Exactly. Okay, so there we go. That that that's also great. But we're going to probably get more pick. We're probably going to get end up getting more picks too if we trade away a couple of players. And, and that was my my next point. They like, said right uh, they said Alfred. Them. They said Alfred and Vic both get third or fourth round picks. Probably, probably. No. <sighs> one will get you like a sixth, and other will get you like a conditional <laughs> fifth. <laughs> that's crazy, man. How you? It's how just you because attack? it's just because that's the way like trades are in the NFL. Like they're so yeah. valuable. They're not gonna like you have to be like an established, really good player in order to get even a third round pick. Yeah. Like what? Didn't Jamie I, Collins or something get traded for like a first and like two thirds or something like that? I don't understand the process of why. Uh, I guess y'all would want to trade somewhat established players on that team for rookies. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, I don't get that either. Uh, yeah, understanding that Big Beasley didn't have as good a year this year, but he's proven that he can be a solid NFL player. And it's like to trade him away, I don't feel like you're going to get the type of production that he's able to provide from a player that you find in the fourth and fifth round, you might, but the chances are highly unlikely. You know what Vic Beasley can do. You know what these guys can do. Trading and trading them away for young players when you have a quarterback as not saying Matt Ryan is old, but he's he's been in the league for like 10 years now. Eleven. Like eleven years. And he's and you got Julio Jones who's you know he's a really great receiver, but he also has injury issues. Like Y'all need to take advantage of this window and not, okay, let's start a youth movement around Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I don't think that's the, the right play at this point. Only thing I think you can afford with that is because Matt Ryan has been, he's going to be steady for another like five or six years. So if you want to get like young stars, but then you're just banking on people being good when they're not ready. That, that means you got to hit on every Yeah, draft you have to hit on everything. And, which, and if you, which if you as the 2012 to... draft shows, you could miss. All right, something. bro, this is different. <laughs> yeah, we've literally only missed on like four picks in this area. I mean, you, 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 yeah, yeah. you talk the gifts. He's Duke always bringing great. up, you know, freaking what's his name, uh, the linebacker. Duke draft. Yeah, Duke Riley. That's wow. like, like, are they good at drafting players? Like, is that something that they're? Is that a skill that they have? And based on what I'm hearing, it's like. Eh, I don't know if you want to trade away established players for draft picks. In, in recent history, yes, Dan Quinn has been pretty pretty legit with picking players. Like we we got a diamond in the rough with Foye Olakun, who's drafting what the fifth or sixth, sixth round from sixth round. Yeah, who who looks like he could be a player in this league and on this team. My my thing is, look, Alfred played like trash a lot. I get that. I get that. And everybody was all like, oh, you know, start Oliver, start Oliver. And again, it was great experience for Oliver, but Oliver was out there getting toasted here too and i get it he's a rookie but that's the same situation you'll be if you clean house like people want to see get rid of true font and alfred that's that's crazy that we're is not getting rid of true font absolutely yeah. nice for even if you don't like him you, you cannot do that we get a pass rush next year we get a, both our, our starting safeties back and our, our secondary probably looks a lot more cleaner than it did this year 
You know what I'm saying? It, it, it is what it is, but to, to be ready to throw the baby out of the bathwater in that situation is, is not cool. Vic Beasley, yes, he's been a disappointment. I get it. But there was a lot of times he was he was getting close. He was getting close, but he just couldn't finish. Again, I don't know if he needs to get some individual He legit, coaching. like, he, he had, like, what, five sacks this year? Yeah. If he finished his sacks, he had, like, nine. Like, he, yeah. it's, he, it's had, just, he had two on Aaron Rodgers in that game alone, but he just didn't finish it. And I don't yeah. know forever, whatever reason why. Yeah, and again, he might need to have a heart to heart. I think Dan Quinn wants to, to stick it out with him because he was one of his. Uh, I think that was his first pick, actually. It was. It was his very first pick. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not quick to, to throw him out because again, a lot of people are all on Vic Beasley, but your boy Tack was out here turned to a ghost multiple times, and y'all didn't keep that same energy. They didn't keep that same exactly. So let's. How many sacks did? He finished with seven. seven. Yeah, he had okay. seven. So it was pretty. It was all. It was one neck to neck, but it's close. But um, I don't know. I don't know about. I don't know. Vic Beasley. Do he want to be good or what? The case. It all depends yeah, on what. He's gonna have a gold jacket, man. So he he, he want to be good. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> my thing is, he, he he declined. He declined Chuck Smith's invitation to go. You know, to go, go to. His. All right. He should have went, but he didn't want to. That's the that's the only thing I'm thinking about. Like I just, if you want to be good, you want to be on this team. You need to have good work ethic. I'm sorry, you can't be lazy and expect to get paid 15 million dollars. I don't think I'm not gonna call anybody in the NFL is lazy. Yeah, I'm not gonna say he's lazy. He just lacks. That's lazy. Tech tech. I don't. hmm, I don't know. Maybe he has something going on in his life. I have no clue. But I, the I only think thing that I'm going to call Dan Quinn out for is the inability to address the pass rush. So it didn't let Vic play linebacker like he should. But that's something completely different. Fair enough. Literally use him like he used Bruce Irvin this year, and he's so much better. What, he got three? A couple six. Three, four. I mean, like six games. That's decent. Yeah. And again, I like I said, I think we'll be a lot better next year just as long as we hit with the injury bug. But uh, these these coordinator slots will be interesting to see how they how they shake up. But it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting offseason for the Falcons. It's gonna be interesting draft, and uh, I'm 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 excited to see what we have going forward. Um, I just wanted to get on here and chop up about the uh, all the big moves the Falcons. I know I was getting at Jalen earlier, not earlier, but a couple. So one of y'all said that fucking your boy Duke Riley or not Duke Riley, and this is just going off the grid because I, I get slandered on Twitter whenever I mention. I'm not even gonna say his name. You know what I'm talking about. One of y'all fools on this podcast said that guy was the number two receiver. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all of it. Was either you or Josh? It was one of y'all too. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. What the fuck? I, I'm just okay. So just What's explain. The tweet? <sighs> It, I think it was on the podcast, but just I just need to I just y'all need to make me understand where all this value is coming from. I get the run blocking thing, but again, it's to the point where your hand is tipped when he's on the field because you know he's not a threat to catch the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like think of the days back with like Roddy White. Roddy White was a great run blocker, but you know he could actually torch you as well, catch passes. That that's not the case with him. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't Roddy also ran like a Four four, 
and was like six four. <laughs> and that's fair too. But why not find another guy like that? You know what I'm saying? Like when people you know like how hard just, it is to find somebody who run blocks well, run I good get, routes, I, I has get, good hands. I I get like, that. But come on, bro. He's I, like the I, fifth I option right now. He's I legit behind that. like six people. I understand. At this that. point, he's he's very cheap. You just let him live. I understand. That's that. talking about Sanu. Nah, not Sanu. No, not Sanu. Which a lot of people, he, I think your he boy who shall not be named. We, yeah, <laughs> we know. Your, your boy Falk fan wants him gone too. With us, yeah. As as. I, I I don't. I'm I'm on the fence about that. Like I understand where Aaron's coming from because he is getting paid a lot of money to be like a wide receiver for, and but you know he has some intangibles and stuff like off the field that might be important. I I understand conceptually why because he's like you know we don't use a lot of three receiver sets. He doesn't run any deep routes, apparently, so... He can't. <laughs> but my thing is, if you can keep the chains moving, and he's a, a big-body receiver, which I, if I was a coach or if I was a quarterback, I would prefer, and y'all had that that relationship together, and he is, I mean, he is expensive, but again, if you can keep I the chains moving... I think they want Hooper, it, Hooper and Sauber to be that, though. Well, what happened with Sauber? Because there was a lot of buzz with him this year, and he kind of... Sauber just doesn't really use him much, because they were, they had to, they try, uh, at the end of the season, they had to use as much of Calvin Ridley as possible hmm. because literally Sark is trash when Calvin Ridley isn't good. So, hmm. Well, like I said, that would, that would probably be great for Kubiak if we were to get him because he actually probably used Sobert because he's pretty pretty athletic. Like, there's, there's just be no reason that uh your boy Logan Paulson is getting more touchdowns and looks than a guy like Sobert. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Literally what they should have did like most of the season was two tight end sets. Hooper Saubert, uh, one of the running backs, whoever was healthy at the time, Julio and Ridley on the outside. Yeah. You know, I'm a, you know how much stuff you can do with that? That's, and that's what that's what Sark that said he's gonna do. Yeah. Well well b- back to the, the he never do it. So. Back, back to he would not be named. My thing is like you wouldn't trade not even trade, like get your coaches to coach these guys up the run, the run block. Like, shouldn't that be part of that? Like, I get it. Run blocking better than- on on the outside is more of a want to than a actual <laughs> than an actual skill. I wasn't well, that's on the coaching staff then, right? That's Who'd on the you, players. Who who coaches the players? The coaches. If no, like, hey, if you're not going to do this, the then players, you're not going to Even if you coach it, they, it's up to them to do it. Get you can't just, and you can't just be like, hey, you're not running blocking, so I'm not going to let any of you play the game. I'm not saying that, right. but you, you but it, you make it seem like that Hart, the guy that will not be mentioned, I almost said his name, is the only person uh-huh. on earth that can do that, though. That's my point. He's like, not, but he's the best on this team to do that. And he, like I keep saying, he's getting paid like 1.6 mil. Hmm. That's it. Okay. I guess you're, okay. you're arguing his production. I'm arguing his contract. Okay. I guess, I guess that makes sense. But I, I would just like to see guys like, uh, you know, get, get some more of the, the, Guys like Marvin Hall, Russell Gay, some of those burners out there to get more looks, man. Because that's that's dangerous if you get those guys some looks where they can get. If you got Marvin Hall, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, some sort of combination with Oz Hooper, that that's kind of a that's kind of a nasty matchup, man. Speed wise, yeah. you can get some protection as that's opposed why. to Hardy being out there where you know he's he's. You know, Hardy saying? is like, better over the middle than both of them, though. Yeah, like, but, he'll actually make a contested catch. Marvin Hall and Russell Gage at this point, I don't know. Marvin Hall is like 28 right now, but uh, Russell Gage at this point, we don't know what he is besides fast. 
And that's why when we get another offensive coordinator to come in, they'll know who to feature, how to feature these guys. I really think Sart just didn't know how to feature some of these guys. Hmm. Calvin Ridley, 10 touchdowns, just like I called. I called that shit. You did. Yeah. We'll send you a, a cookie in the mail. Hey. But, but like, I mean, I, I just look at it like, I don't know. Like, explosive plays, Marvel Hall's with that. So. When I get my wings, I'm definitely getting stuff to make cookies. Facts. But, uh, yeah, let us, let us know what you think, man. Uh, we'll be we'll be looking out to see who the Falcons decide to make the office coordinator so we can uh, pick it apart, break it down a little bit more. Like I said, it'll be an interesting offseason. Uh, the schedule's been released. I don't know if y'all guys saw that. I think I saved it somewhere on my phone. Let me see. Let me see. The schedule next year isn't like a murderer's row. It's a it's a decent little schedule. I know we play uh, Jacksonville at home. I might try to go to that game. Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, of course. We play the Rams at home, Seattle at home, Jacksonville Yikes. at home, Tennessee at home, and Philadelphia Yikes. at home on the road. San Fran, Arizona, Indianapolis, Houston, and Minnesota. So I mean, it'd be tough, but if we get our shit together, I think we can uh, we can be competitive with a lot of these teams. So knock on wood, no injuries. Oh, That's boy. a yikes. That schedule of keys are yikes. Yeah, health is <laughs> health is the biggest thing the Falcons needed this year. Yeah, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't Sark. It was health. Health fucked y'all up. <laughs> <laughs> If y'all have a healthy Devontae Freeman all year, I feel like the same and a healthy offensive line and healthy defense, like things are probably the offensive bad. line with a problem. Yeah, they're yeah. stastic and they're stastic and argue that wasn't part have, of the they, issue. They, they didn't have injuries on offensive line. They we did, did but the, statistically, the backups played as good, if not better, than when the starters were in there. Well, we we'll, paid uh, right on that, three point two five million for offensive guard that's worse than our backup. Crazy. Nice. <laughs> hey, hire hire J- Jalen for GM. Jalen for GM. That's that's what I'm Bruh, I was trying to tell y'all at the beginning of the season. He's not good. Bruh. I mean, yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely uh you know drop another episode when something else happens. But yeah, off season, you know, we'll be hit and miss. So definitely rock with us. You can follow us at the uh, Dirty Burnish Report. Uh follow me at SB Report 706. I'm currently at uh, 847 followers, plus or minus the Russian bots that follow me and unfollow me every day. So definitely follow me. I like to chat on Twitter, so give me a holler. A holler, Jalen, at Jalen. Uh, you change your name, Jalen XOG. And you can follow the Don. I, I don't know his Twitter off the top of my head. Hold on. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry I'll find, about it. I'll find them. He'll he'll swoop down like Batman out of the out of the raptures and jump in the missions. <laughs> and then if you'd like to be harassed by terrible Falcon stakes, you can follow Mark Sniffles, who's Colts fan at Marks underscore Sniffles. Shout out to Give Queen, who is AWOL right now. She's probably drunk and passed out some whorehouse, you know, saying, living, her, living her best life. So but yeah, this is their British. Can I, can, I give, can I give two quick shout outs real quick? Sure. No, let me, let, me show. Out, let me shout out Miss Lindella. I know she hates me being on this podcast, but you know, I see you. You know, I'm out here. I'm trying to do my best out here. And I'd also like to give a shout out to uh, one Miss Lethal Saint. Uh, a few a few what, months ago, we were on this podcast. The Falcons were one and four, and the Colts were one and four. And from that time on, the Falcons have gone on to go seven and nine, and the Colts went ten and six and made the playoffs. So, shout out to you, Lethal, with my uh, noodle armed quarterback. Shout out to you. 
gang, gang. One in four, gang, gang. Ah, gay, gang. This is a Derby Nation report. Unofficial, official, official po- podcast of Falcon Twitter. We're out. Peace.